This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about the finale of Echo, Season 1, Episode 5, Maya. It's a good thing you got here early. I didn't realize there'd be so many people. Oh, there always are. People come from all over for our Choctaw Nation powwows. Is that right? (laughs) Your necklace. It's American Sign Language. It says, I love you. Oh, you sign? I try for my niece. Oh, I learned for my daughter. She's passed on now. I've I've lost someone who I love. It's the kind of pain you never quite get over. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I keep it up now for my granddaughter. Really? Yeah. Well, tell me about her. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to the finale episode on the Defenders podcast, uh, where we are going to be talking all about episode five from season one of Echo, Maya. I am one of your hosts, John. I am one of your other hosts, Derek. And rounding out this trio for this very special episode, I am Chris. Excellent stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are into... The end game of uh, what happens in Echo. Yeah. Uh, or the start game of what happens in uh, Daredevil Born Again. I well, think. that is yeah. true. <laughs> yes. Just in case you didn't get the chance to watch it, because we all will, of course, spoil everything that happens in this episode. There is a post credit scene uh, in this episode. Um, I did notice on uh, Disney Plus that the minute it comes up to the credits, it goes, do you want to skip the credits? And I didn't. But I wonder if that takes you directly to the scene or does it skip past the post credit scene? So if you did that, make sure you watch the post credits. <laughs> for sure yeah definitely definitely or mid-credit sorry mid-credit isn't it i guess so yeah there's credits credit. technically because the disney plus there's always the additional credits for yeah. all the other regions exactly. yeah but yes we are going to be getting into our spoiler filled discussion of episode five of echo uh before we do remember fellow defenders to pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast if you are new to us or you can check out all the other uh podcasts that we have done including those over on the defenders podcast uh in particular the marvel netflix stuff mm-hmm. around daredevil seasons one to three so yes uh, you can listen back as you watch those uh, on disney plus uh, we also love to get your thoughts feedback and theories observations comments so you can send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can head on over to our facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tv podcast industries and um, without further ado shall we get into our episode details for episode five of echo mm-hmm. maya derek who gave us what were when how and why well of course echo the character was created by david mack and joe Cosada. the head writer for this show is marion dare uh, the writers for this episode are amy Ryden, stephen p judd Alan Morton and Chantal M. Wells. We mentioned uh, Stephen, Alan and Chantal in previous episodes, but this is the first episode that Amy uh, is a writer on. Uh, She is an executive producer on this show and previously worked on Jane the Virgin and the Charmed reboot, interestingly. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I didn't even know there was a Charmed reboot. No, (laughs) me neither. I think think it came out 2018 uh, to 2020, so it went for for about three seasons. Okay. Yeah. 
So there you go. Uh, and the director for this episode, once again, is Sydney Freeland, who directed four of the five episodes of Echo. Excellent stuff. Yes. Uh, maintaining her uh, work as the director here for this season of Echo. Exactly. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Echo episode five, Maya? Sure. In a flashback to her childhood, Maya hits a woodpecker with a slingshot. Taloa reprimands Maya for hurting an innocent life, and with her hands glowing, heals the woodpecker. Later, the two release it back into the wild. Having left Tamaha and on the road, Maya stops off at services, unaware that back in Tamaha, her family are in danger, as Fisk plans retribution for her rejection of his offer to return to New York as his partner. In Tamaha, as the community gets ready for the Choctaw Nation powwow, Biscuits messages Maya that Chula and Bonnie are missing, and she returns to Tamaha. She quickly visits Chula's home and is met by a vision of her mother, Taloa. Taloa tells her that she is the embodiment of their people's legacy, and that this legacy will echo through her actions. The vision ends revealing Chula's finished garment. At the Choctaw powwow, festival maya locates fisk who has kidnapped chula and bonnie and threatens to kill her entire family for betraying him while biscuits incapacitates fisk's men with a monster truck and henry takes out zane maya shares her choctaw powers with chula and bonnie who overpower fisk's men using her powers maya takes fisk to the memory of his father beating his mother in an effort to heal his trauma and help him let go of his anger Returning to reality, an outraged Fisk demands to know what she did to him and leaves the festival before the police arrive. The next day, Maya joins her family at an eat-out at Chula's home, while in a mid-credits scene, Fisk is on his airplane watching with interest a news story that talks about the lack of front-runners in the New York mayoral elections and sparks an unexpected idea in the kingpin. Mm. Well, that's what I'm assuming anyway that an idea is forming within the mind closely around the bullet hole uh, area of uh, <laughs> Fisk's brain. Or the former bullet hole area. We'll talk about it yeah. uh, as the episode goes on. But um, yeah, do you think uh, Fisk is born again, potentially, in this moment? I think so. <laughs> or in this um, episode, at least. Yeah, I think you might be thinking of some kind of rain, as in R-E-I-G-N. Oh, very good. Very good. Yes, a bit of rain uh, to come for Fiss, mm. uh, which will be very cool. But only if someone is born again. Ooh. Yes, Ooh. yes. <gasps> Who might that be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> will it be the Iron Fist? <laughs> wait, actually, wait, rumour uh, is there is apparently a new Iron Fist show in development at Marvel. Ooh, yes. interesting. With, with Danny Rand to return. Ooh, but he that not has the, the Iron main, Fist, yeah. But no, he will could, not be the main Iron Fist. No, it could. Well, yes, because Iron Fist is regenerated and, you know, and takes over that mantle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be it, really interesting. And yeah, we did see at the end of the second season of uh, Iron Fist, if you did get there, the Colleen Wing was the Iron Fist and uh, and Danny Rand also had Iron Fist powers uh, at the end of that yeah, season. So exactly. could have two. Yeah, absolutely could if they, if they decide to move on. But I don't know about any of these rumors at the moment because I think everybody's just going... So Echo, everybody's now watching the shows for the first time and all of their theories are just the theories that they published six or seven years ago <laughs> about how the shows would continue. And they're now saying, oh, new rumour suggests when they were just their theories. Yeah. Uh, back through well, if we don't guess an Iron Fist, we've always got Iron Fisk. 
We do have iron fisk, <laughs> iron-headed fisk, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But shall we get into our top five fight points mm-hmm. for this final episode of Echo? Yeah. First off, fight point number one, Maya already a crack shot. Yes, yes, the flashback here at the beginning uh, where we have Maya... Um, Coming out of the uh, of the shadows, coming out of the trees to uh, to take out the woodpecker that we've seen is uh, very much connected to the Choctaw Nation, um, yes. and she takes it out with a catapult, just like Dennis the Menace. Yeah, absolutely. The the um, what does Taloa calls uh, the woodpecker uh, Biskinik, um, yes, and that this the woodpecker taps out mes- messages or warnings. Um, there was a symbol of warning, effectively. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, a crack shot at an early age. I mean, again, I uh, in this immediate moment, I was thinking, is this suggestive of you know the the the, the child that pulls the wings off a butterfly, mm. and hence uh, you know that's why she her language is violence, mm-hmm. um, as we talked about in in the previous episode, or you know ultimately we do learn. And that she was just trying to be able to touch it. So she was trying to kind of scare it or something. She was trying but, to see if she could hit yeah, it. Yeah, I, I guess. So I, it is definitely a, a childish thing. I remember this uh, yeah. from, from being a kid, you know. Went too far. Will we try and see if we can break that? Not thinking what would happen after you break the thing, you know? Yeah, or if we break it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. No, exactly. So probably in that wheelhouse. But I think, um, interestingly here with this, um, this flashback, we see, Taloa has this kind of power of healing. Yes, we um, do. As she uses it on the sort of uh, knocked out woodpecker. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because they are giving Echo a new power set, new, a new ability. Yeah. It's basically right at the end. Every superhero film. Wait, here's a new power you might need in the future, which you're going to need in this. <laughs> hmm. Um and it's interesting that it's told told to us through the flashback, isn't it? Because yeah. you'd understand now that Maya had known this from when she was a child, that her mom was able to heal things, right? So, yeah. Um, but this experience of having this connection to the ancestors over the course of these episodes of this of this time that she's been at home at Tamaha probably connects it much more to now understanding what that power was that she saw her mother use once when she was a child. So exactly, uh, it's yeah. kind of it, it's that thing as a kid where something happens within the family and you don't think it's necessary special or different mm. until you know you get context to it whenever yeah. that comes to you exactly um, and in this case you know i mean even you know we have heard that um maya's mom has been described as a healer yeah um and you know that has different connotations as well exactly um, you know whether it's a doctor or mm-hmm. um a shaman or something like that you yeah. know so but here we see that this is through the power coming through um from the ancestors mm-hmm. and the intrinsic link that Taloa has uh, with that. I do like as well that it you suddenly get that jolt as she's doing this, um, which takes Maya back to the car crash, and you get that great aspect with the heartbeats again as Maya hears her mother's heartbeat fades. And there's another heartbeat element in this episode, which I think is really, really good. Absolutely. And um, yeah. so I think, uh, which we'll come to a bit, a bit later, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I kind of like that sort of jolt back to this moment. You know, she's just seen her mum healing, uh, and, you see that in this crash, she's unable to do that to herself because she's been uh, knocked unconscious. Well, absolutely. You know, there was a moment in that that I was wondering whether we'd see 
Taloa reach over and bring Maya back to life yeah, before me, she yeah, died. I, I thought, I thought, thought that, that was the way they may have gone. But as we mentioned last episode, you know, those are what you would expect to see in these flashbacks. You'd have that moment where our superhero gets created by a big moment in their in their past, you know, that they may not remember and it's being being brought out here. But, you know, last episode we mentioned that that episode really, was, even though it was called Taloa, was actually about the moment of power that Chula had. This yeah. episode here, we're seeing Taloa's power coming out as a healer while Maya was young. Yeah, for me, the, the, the fact that they didn't go down that route, which mm. was the... the the very paint by numbers origin. Exactly. It's just like literally, I was I was sitting there going, "Oh, okay, they didn't do it. Oh, maybe it's going to be the this like right at the end of the fight, midway through the fight scene at the end or something where there's a big massive moment. It's going to flash back again, mm. and it will turn out that her mother did it, or it will turn out that Maya had this power all along because she tried to heal her mum. Right. And type it like I was. Ex- hundred percent expecting that so yeah. actually hats off that they didn't yeah i'm actually uh, kind of proud it was the easier route it would have been the easier route it was the more cliche route and they didn't touch it so exactly. i was like okay they, yeah. so where are they going with this so her mum now has healing powers is that what's going to additionally move forward through and into maya and how are these going to be used in the future to save like essentially her her people mm-hmm. uh, to say like what is this culmination what are they building towards with this power set with these people with the thing so yeah, yeah. no it was, it was interesting yeah it's a great way to open the episode so you have those questions as you go into the yeah. the opening credits uh, also want to give a huge shout out once again once again to the subtitles people here um specifically on those heartbeats as you uh, as we thought we would be seeing Taloa save uh save maya and then it had two heartbeats going to one heartbeat alone uh, showing the death of taloa there i thought that was uh it's really good adding adding extra context with uh with subtitles which they've done throughout the season and i think it's it's on purpose (laughs) and that they're definitely they're adding the context through subtitles so you should be watching it that way that's the the optimal way to watch the show i think um will we go on to fight point number two because it is intrinsically connected to this opening scene really yeah, uh, Taloa the healer. Mm. Um, and I mean, just to give some context here, um, you know, Maya is on the road and we see, um, Fisk bumping into, uh, Chula and we, we have Biscuit sort of directing, uh, vendor vehicles and all that, uh, realizing Chula has not turned up mm-hmm. yet. And, um, so we have Maya coming back to, to Tamaha. I like the fact that we do get a Roxxon garage in here. Yes. Uh, I always like the, I, I like it when, you know, these random sort of, in, in a sense, Roxxon's never been a, a massive organization, but they've, you know, if it's a service station or a, a gas station, they've always kind of chucked Roxxon on the, you know, the evil corporation. And mm-hmm. um, I particularly remember during the Defenders era on Netflix that Roxxon was mentioned very often around that time. Definitely. Um, so I, I kind of like that, but we have her coming back to, uh, Chula's house, uh, to try and, and save Chula at least. Mm-hmm. At this moment, I don't think she knows or they don't think that Bonnie is missing. The text from Biscuits actually said Chula and Bonnie haven't turned up yet. Yes, that, that's true. A while yeah. Ago, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, she goes in gun cocked, uh, into Chula's house and then you just, it sets up this, um, really, great scene with Maya having this visit from her mother uh, to Loa. Mm-hmm. Before we get to her mother, there's one thing I want to call out. 
Okay. Go on. She throws away the contact lens. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Why include that? Because essentially you gave her an ability now that Maya could have used going forward, mm-hmm. which is that she can essentially just see, she gets a translation of ASL of what people are talking to her. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, it, that's there. It's tech now. It's, she could have just used. Maybe she's starting to get an irritated cornea, as <laughs> Dr. Bob says in um, the previous uh, podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, it was either that or she didn't want to be tethered to uh, having updates uh, coming into her every week, you know? Uh, maybe she thought so it was a tracking device from Kingpin, maybe? Yeah. yeah. She didn't have the docking station to charge it <laughs> exactly. up again. Um, so I would just run out of juice, I been. guess. Um, no, it's a, it's a definite decision to sever herself from uh, this uh, control that that uh, Kingpin had over her effectively this uh, yeah. this uh, change in her um, I suppose you know the connection she talked about with Fisk saying you don't even love me enough to learn ASL and he effectively washed over that with technology yeah. I think she's kind of going well you know what if nobody's going to learn ASL I don't care what they're saying yeah. <laughs> basically uh, yeah. so okay. I, w- I wonder if it was something like that um, but I did expect to see Fisk on the other side of that door as, as uh, Maya walked into the house where they're gone I did not expect to have this visitation from uh, from Taloa I thought yeah. that was a really great choice given that throughout the series we actually see the ancestors connecting with Maya um, through these visions they're not just her seeing bits of their past she's hearing them call to her so her mother is actually visiting her here actually having a discussion with her and talking to her about her ancestors which I thought was um, really appropriate for the show worked really well for, for the oh, show absolutely and even just having the kind of the sort of the different elements that these ancestors bring as well oh, that yeah. will help her um, you know as, as Talera says you, you're not alone mm-hmm. um, and these these gifts will echo through through her um as they did through her mom and you know through her ancestors previously yeah you know and which we've seen in those openings you know we we saw loak seeing shaffa we saw tuklo seeing loak so uh you know we have shaffa representing ferocity loak strategy Tuklo cunning and then Taloa is love, you know, um, and to bring all these love and healing elements, uh, together, you mm-hmm. know, um, so I, th- this was really great. All that context sort of being yeah. provided here yeah. as to how they echo through what they bring to, um, to, to Maya. Yeah. And the way that Taloa says to her, these are your gifts. These are yeah. the gifts that you're getting yeah. from your ancestors. Um, and importantly, it's also tying back to what has been the creation of Maya as the villainous character, as the henchperson for, uh, for Kingpin or as the new Queenpin. It's all stemming from the death of her mother, the pain that, that that caused, the separation that it caused from her, from her family. And, uh, Talo is taking this opportunity to going, you've been lost. You've had this pain being in control of everything that you've been doing for the last 20 yeah. odd years since you left uh, Tamaha. Um, let it go. It's time to put that in the past where it belongs. And you're not alone, even though I'm gone. Your father's gone. Yeah. You've separated from from Kingpin. You're not alone. You have your ancestors behind you and we will always be there with you. I thought that was a really good moment to have uh, to have her brought back in a guest to the fold. Yeah, definitely. Because this echoes really through the decisions that Maya makes throughout the rest of the episode, the decisions that who she's going to be and how she'll use these powers. So I think it's a really important moment to have this uh, with her mother 
talking her away from her pain and then also revealing her superhero outfit. We were kind of right yeah. um, last week that, uh, that, um, that was being made for her by Chula. Yeah. But we have Maya's new outfit, which yeah. looks cool. It does. It, it, it's very old school. It is very appropriate to the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look very bulletproof or anything like that, but um, I'm assuming a certain <laughs> tailors in New York can probably add some titanium weave to it and Maybe. it will be fine. <laughs> well, that's it. And it's, it's, it's the symbolism of it as well. Cause I think is it Taloa says how, you know, each seam represents sort of their ans the ancestors yeah. so um and it you know it's what maya ultimately was um when she goes to the powwow um there so i think if we move on to fight point number three mm-hmm. the powwow showdown yeah and um, uh, i loved this opening scene as we have the yeah. music and we have the entrance of uh of the the group coming into the powwow and maya's in the center of them all wearing this uh this outfit that she's just been gifted from her ancestors from her mom from uh from made by chula um it's really cool and just as we as again the use the use of sound throughout the series works so well as you see the sound dropping out from the music that's being played only to the the baseline drum and then you see maya is aligning with that um as she focuses and it's only at that point that she sees the woodpecker once again, uh, this representation of danger guiding her to where uh, Chula and Bonnie are being held by Fisk. You know, it's aligning with her ancestors, aligning with her history and her people, uh, gives her all access to these powers, is what it yeah. seems like from Absolutely. that scene and just represented so well. I loved how it was done, you know, that synchronizing of the heartbeat of Maya's heartbeat with the drum beat, that kind of rhythm, and you see with the stepping. Um, mm-hmm. that, that she's doing to the, the rhythm of the, the drum as well. I just thought it was like fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, this is to help her actually infiltrate this powwow because all of Fisk's men are on the lookout for her. Mm. And this is where Fisk has decided that, you know, the, the battleground is going to be yeah. here Zane's in back terms back of well. this retribution. Yeah. We've got Zane here. Um, Sort of basically Crazy ignoring biscuits yeah. um, <laughs> uh, around vendor car parking, uh-huh. um, and you know there's a couple of vans filled with heavies mm-hmm. and their guns, and at the centre of it there this this fantastic spectacle uh, of dress and um, rhythm music, and the music through throughout this I thought you know the 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 ceremonial music as much as then. Um, the likes of Samantha Crane's uh, vocals yeah. playing through this episode was really, really cool. Yeah. It felt really um, great uh, to me. It really added, again, that un- uh, another underlying sense of emotion uh, to it all. But mm-hmm. um, I-, I like that, uh, you know, you have this introduction to the powwow. And, you know, I'm just going to say it there as well. Powwow. I, I forgot about this word, powwow. Mm. It's one of the you know, few words maybe from Native American language that has been adopted and permeated into um, sort of at least the English language. Because mm-hmm. I always remember my dad kind of saying, well, we're going to have a family powwow. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's just really weird. And mm-hmm. I had kind of forgotten that, you know, yeah. um, and... 
yeah, it's such a great word anyway. Isn't it? Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels, it's, and sounds as to what it is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really good. I really like it. Yeah. It's the, it's the, um, community get together effectively yeah, exactly. where, where everybody can come and join and, uh, and experience the culture as well. It feels so, togetherness in exa- words, you know, exactly. it's really good. And, and one of the things I did really like about it was the way they brought in Zane in his camper van. Um, because we, we mentioned earlier on in the season, Zane being a Welshman, uh, in, in North America here, he really seemed like a, a tourist, not specifically Welsh, but really felt like a tourist arriving at this, uh, at this, um, community event you see him with the tamaha i love tamaha kind of hat on his yeah. head you know but again massively rude because it's because uh, it's saying uh, telling biscuits he's going to be barking in the uh in the um the, the, <laughs> the vendor, vendor spot i don't care what you say to me kind of thing yeah yeah whatever <laughs> this the, is the where th- I'm going. thumbs up as he just drives on yeah, to, he, to the parking spot and he even says he's not going to take part in the bow he's not going to be close he's just going to watch your cultural from afar uh, yeah. your, your cultural day from afar basically so uh so i like that as well but um nice little touches yeah no i look for this this is cool this over every aspect of this uh from the cultural bit i remember speaking about something very similar with um miss marvel mm-hmm. when we watch miss marvel again these windows into other cultures that i have absolutely no notion about outside of other western based tv shows or films which usually are somewhat kind of i'm going to use the term whitewashed oh yeah Um, yeah. (laughs) even culturally whitewashed Mm. um this seems authentic this seems like something if we were to go to tamaha we would see this we would see and Straight at the end of this episode, there is a thank you mm-hmm. to the the Choctaw Nation in yeah. Oklahoma yeah. Uh, for for the support because obviously they consulted. They obviously were very close on this. Absolutely. And so I'm I'm pretty sure the next powwow next year or this year in 2024 is going to be massive <laughs> in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, and actually on the word powwow, I always thought that was a, a word you couldn't use. Uh, oh. Like I, I thought it was like a, I know a basic, what you mean. I thought it was a word that was used to belittle Native Americans, uh, Indigenous people. I did think it was like very much a a word like oh, you just it's a powwow. Like so, I, I completely removed it from my lexicon, right? For because I always thought it was that, and then I'm like, oh no, no, it's just like it's a thing they use it. Everyone uses it. It's a, it's the, it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh cool. I'm the more you know. The star wipes into this episode. <laughs> I, I always just thought it was two punches from Batman in the 60s series. <laughs> pow. Pow, <laughs> pow and wow. Pow and, and boff. <laughs> no. Zing. And, Zing. Yeah, exactly. but, but no, it is it is really cool uh, seeing this. And and part of the showdown that's happening here, and it go it stretches across the day, you know, as as you've said, you know, there are the moments of, uh, of the, the dancing going on. Um, I like that we see... The camera pan across um, some of the some of the women that are waiting to waiting for their performance or waiting for their moment during the day. And again, you know, it's tying in. You know, it is a current culture. It's not people dressing up in exactly. ancient in ancient gear. They're also people with literary boots on as part of their of their outfit for the day. You know, it's it's showing that it is still a living festival for yeah. this community and with this community. Well, the, so. and the, so, you know, the some of the 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 dresses 
in the traditional style, but using sequence and, exactly. and very modern stuff, you know, yeah. in there. And I, I love the, the pan, the, the aerial pan down and you see the different kind of movements happening. Cause mm-hmm. there were, I think there were two guys very much with the, the feather headdresses just doing the spinning and so yeah. on. Really, really very, good. Very good. Um, I love the rhythm, mm. uh, and the rhythmic nature of, of this. It was really kind of cool and sort of that's the circular element with the, 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 the that ceremonial drum in the middle just mm-hmm. doing that beat uh, and the, the ceremonial sort of music and chants yeah. happening. Yeah, absolutely. I also love the hype man DJ. Um, it feels like he's probably the, the MC of, of, uh, this particular event. I wonder if, if they got the actual guy that does it, uh, in, from, uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. In. I wonder if, uh, if that's who they got. Cause he said it seemed really comfortable, uh, just shouting out and calling yeah. out when, when big moments were happening. Um, but part of this, I suppose, because we're going to talk about, uh, Maya separately in, in, in her own point, because that's really the big, uh, culmination of the episode. But I do like that Henry and Biscuits both get a moment in this yeah. episode <laughs> yeah, to contribute, you know, because they have been so involved in the series, yeah. you know, um, but I like that Biscuits, uh, goes off to get himself a, uh, a monster truck. Um, there is a part of the event itself <laughs> has a monster truck element, but he goes and steals a monster truck or takes a monster truck to take out some of, uh, of Zane's men who are waiting in the trucks. Well, that's it. Yeah, and I like how Henry attack. is saying, well, if you got yourself a gun, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be dangerous because I've got yeah. something better. And it's, yeah, just the monster truck. Yeah. Um, very was, cool. Was that shadowed anyway? In in the the earlier episode, was there any way put like was there because I can't remember and I was but then I now in my head I'm like wait was that kind of going to be like because of that scene where we mm-hmm. saw him go to the junkyard yeah, yeah was there the a monster truck one. in yeah. there in the background or something that we just missed. I think they they just mentioned in this episode that there are monster there's a monster truck rally that goes on so he takes one of those but you're absolutely right given what had happened earlier on in the season with the way uh, Maya broke out of the bowling alley by building herself her own weapon from scratch and uh, the way we had um Scully build the leg for uh, for Maya like an A team type moment You'd also probably have Biscuits building his own car from scratch if he had time. But here yeah. he just goes, okay, well, I could have used the junkyard, but I have about 10 minutes. So I'm just going to take the keys from, from the, uh, the monster truck and uh, drive it over the top of, uh, of Zane's men. Um, but it's Henry that gets to take out Zane, um, <laughs> which I like because of that coming full circle from when Zane came to, to take back Maya. He, didn't think Maya was there, looked at Henry and kind of went, well, that's the prize that everybody wants anyway. This is the guy that escaped from New York, escaped from Kingpin's clutches, as we heard in the conversation between Maya and Henry last episode. He's the one that escaped and got back uh, to Tamaha. So that was going to be Zane's prize since he couldn't get Maya or didn't think he could back in the bowling alley. And here we have Henry taking him out with uh, with one shot to the heart. Yes. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And also just the the look on Zane's face as well, yeah. as he has an RPG. I mean, this uh-huh. is like everyone at the powwow has no idea what's going on except for Biscuits, Henry, and, and uh, Maya. Yeah. So classic. Oh, the fireworks are started, uh-huh. but uh, I, you know, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, an interesting. Like you said, a way to bring it all full circle with um, the death of Zane. But I was kind of hoping he survived. 
Really? <laughs> I actually I actually enjoyed his character, especially yeah. in episode three. Yeah. So I'm just like, hmm, he would have been good in Daredevil Born Again. Mm. As for what a fist operatives kind of just as a low life new thing and you just make him a bit more wacky and crazy yeah. as it goes on <laughs> so the fact that he's gone i'm like okay you've just killed another one i was interested in but it's okay hey chris all i can say is this entire series series was built on the premise of wilson fisk getting a bullet point blank to the yes, head exactly. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> and henry shot this guy from across across the way took him out Stop the RPG from going, but doesn't necessarily mean that he's dead. <laughs> That's true. True. It could, it could be. It could literally just be, um, kind of lying there and then arrested uh, yeah, as the I, cops come in. Yeah, I think you need like a Walking Dead style headshot uh, to be the, the the only way that people are gone. Henry needs see to see the exploded yeah. head. But. Henry needs to walk over and double tap. Yeah, <laughs> always <Yeah>. double tap. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I guess that's it for the, the Power Showdown at the beginning of yeah, that. Yeah, I think we can move on to our fight point number four, the echo of the ancestors mm. here uh, through Maya as uh, she goes uh, to confront Fisk. Mm-hmm. And and uh, save Chula and Bonnie, yeah. really. Uh, yeah. This is the culmination of, uh, of the series, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go negative because I want to end on a positive for this, okay? This went by so quickly. This was a short piece. It felt like a, like five minutes. That's all it felt like. And mm-hmm. I, I understand it probably it was a bit longer, but it was just for the finale, for the culmination, for the everything. We had a longer fight scene in the, the roller rink. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I was just like, I was expecting a bit more mm. of it now that she was fully powered if you want to call it that like she had her she had and also the bit the bit she shared her powers oh yeah i was expecting like add in another 20 men 10 men whatever maybe right. a bit more because oh, we had all the men in the in the vans exactly but i was expecting like another van or something of men just coming in and then giving us a bit more i want to say razzmatazz okay kind of, a bit more finale a bit more just I know this is like the street level, yeah. But like, and I understand it's not trying to be that over the top cinematic battles to end all battles, yeah. But I just expected a bit more because that's criticism that the MCU gets all the time, and even did themselves in She Hulk that we we get to the final episode, so all it's going to be is your main character punching people in the face for yeah for sixty minutes, right? Exactly. Um, so they didn't I, do that. And I the choice makes see. sense because it's to do with the um, theme of the entire series here. I agree. And look, that's so the criticism was I just wanted more, a few more minutes of it. That being said, what we got was fantastic. This confrontation between Maya and Fisk and how it is resolved mm-hmm. and that, that, that way, yeah. it was like perfectly thematically for this show. Yeah, the the echoing of ages, the 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 bloodline, the 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 empowerment of this generation of women, mm. different generations of women, um, or mm. well, actually body and Maya are the same, but you understand, it's yeah. just that kind of that the piece, and then how and what it ends with, yeah, in terms of the is the interesting piece. Very yeah, much. and there's a bit of punchy punchy in there, so it's great, <laughs> but I wanted more punchy punchy. I'll just say that. 
Yeah, I, I, I love this. I loved how it was shot as well, yeah. how, it was, how it was put together. There's that scene where you see each of her ancestors sitting in Maya's position just after she's taken that punch. Love that. Each of them there all forming together and then separating out to be standing right by her side, exactly as Taloa had said to her, um, that she was not alone. She is surrounded by ancestors. I thought it was just so excellently executed. Yeah, it was really good. I love that too. Um, just having that representation um, was so good of seeing them sort of in place where Maya is mm-hmm. and then separated out. I love that um, Chula and Bonnie get to sort of kick ass on their captors as mm. well. Um, and I, I, I like that ultimately, yeah, there, there's the fights and so on, but I like that as fisk decides uh or needs to to get in to sort of the action uh to control maya because you see all his men are being taken down mm-hmm. i love the fact that yeah with with his arms raised it, it's maya going in with the 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 symbol that her mum uses uh to to heal mm-hmm. um in order to sort of make fisk confront his own demons absolutely which was really good. I, I just, I, I, I just thought it was different. Again, you know, it's the upending of the expectations because you know you, you, you've heard from Chula's house. You know these different elements around ferocity, strategy, cunning, all this, and in the end, it's healing and you know, in a sense, love that uh, Maya is trying is using here. Yeah. And um, you know, she's used the ferocity, the strategy, and the cunning in terms of. To, to get to this moment, you know, to infiltrate into the powwow, to get to the barn, yeah. all this. And uh, I like that, you know, all these gifts are being used uh, yeah. in this moment. Yeah, and calling back to that initial moment at the beginning of the episode where her mother tells her we don't harm living things and part of the power that she has is this power of, of love and healing. So uh, to use it that way was was really cool to see Fisk coming at her with his full force and her able to stop him using that healing uh, that that healing way just worked so well for the themes for me. Um, I do have a theory as well as she passes the power to Chula and to and to Bonnie because Chula we heard is one of the ancestors that this power has passed through, right? So she already has it. She's tapping into it there with the help of Maya, but we didn't see that with Bonnie. Bonnie's a cousin. She's not direct bloodline back to Chaffa as we heard. Uh, Maya is. But we did talk about the fact that Devery Jacobs played um, Kehori in uh, in What If. I wonder if she has the connection back through her bloodline oh, maybe. separately to Kehori. Yeah, possibly. It's a possibility, isn't it? Oh, that could be. That could be one way of doing it. I took yeah. it in that, like, because it was basically Maya's... Bonnie's mother is Maya's mother's sister. Yeah. There's still a connection to that bloodline. It's still all the way. So it's yeah. just yeah. the women on it. But again, I'm just like trying to it. give them an, an out to to write a a, a Kahori series yeah, uh, with yeah. with Bonnie starring in it. <laughs> or it just turns out Kahori is Kahori's daughter went on to marry someone in the the Choctaw Nation, and yep. that's that's how you bleed them together. <laughs> Maybe but, it's that. Yeah, because it's as well. Kahori is much later around the um, the Spanish yeah. uh, sort of invasion of uh, the Americas. Yep. So. She's eighteen hundreds, and she's in a different, uh, a yeah. different nation of the of the uh, Native Americans. Yeah, and then going into you know Maya trying to sort of connect Fisk back to his pain and trauma. You know, I guess there's a little bit more 
um, sort of uh, background around that. You have the wall that you saw in Daredevil season one with, uh, you know, and hearing the sounds of his mother being beaten by his father Mm -hmm. and and that trauma. So, you know, a bit like you were saying, Chris, that, you know, um, not having that context, a little bit more leaking in, not entirely, you know, seven or eight episodes of of, um, a season. But again, it's just referencing those touch points uh, to uh, Fisk's, I guess origin story in a exactly. sense. Exactly. Um which, and Snowstorm. Yeah, which as is the, uh, as the wall quite good. Uh, as the wall was called Rabbit and a Snowstorm where he's yeah. watching that white wall with the flex on it while his mom and dad are having that fight outside, which did lead to uh Fisk murdering his father. So um so she takes him all the way back to that moment uh in time to do what her mother did for her, try yeah. and heal the pain, try and heal this pivotal moment in his life not having to be the only thing that has power over Fisk, right? So she's kind of taken away that connection or trying to take away that connection in the moment here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, it's the other, you know, um, string to the guitar, I guess, mm-hmm. um, of my... I think the other interesting thing here, um, before that power of the ancestors flowing through uh, Maya is Fisk does admit to killing her father here yeah. as well. Um, and you you have, um, you know, from Maya um, following uh, the vision of her mom saying, I'm their legacy and a part of them. I'm not your legacy. Exactly. So it's like really, you know, she's kind of made that choice here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of really like the idea that in the same way of what echoes through uh, Maya's life, she is affected through this healing, trying to see what has echoed through Fisk's life uh, to make him who he is as well. Exactly, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a really good um, use of this kind of motif, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's massive as well. And, you know, we talked, we talked about the offer last week from, uh, from Fist to say, come back to New York. You, you become the queen pin. She turned him down and now it's, I'm going to murder all of your family. You know, <laughs> um, I, I can see how close you are with the family. You've, t- you've shown me that. You've told me that. Now I know how much pain I'm going to cause you when I murder them all. You know, it's, it's the brutality of Fisk. We've seen that right back to, as we talked about the wrapping the headlights, the murdering of yeah. his father. We've seen his brutality when, he switches he switches to full brutal killing nature and that's what's happened with maya she has made that choice she's said to him i'm not going to do what you want me to do and that's not something you say to wilson fisk uh and his choice is violence yeah and what does she heal this is the question i was like what did she do to him what does she take or heal or take away because i can guess but it's not specifically called out I think, you know, the, the reaction from Fisk is, what did you do to me? Yeah, exactly. You know, but what's happening here is, as I say, exactly what Taloa did for Maya. The death of her mother is the connection that Maya has to her past and has led her into the position that she's in, the pain that she felt, the separation from her family, all of those things that led Maya to lead the life that she did working for Kingpin, thinking it's okay to harm other living things. All of that came from the pain she had from losing uh, Taloa. Taloa used that power, healed Maya, separated her from that. It is something that happened, absolutely, but it can't define the rest of your life is basically the the point from what happened with Taloa. And now Maya's doing the same. She's paying it forward. She's passing that on to Fisk. Yes, a massively painful moment in your life. Your, your father was beating your mother. You killed him. You took that power and killed him. 
but that shouldn't be the defining point for your entire life. So she's taken away, or at least helped to heal that wound that okay. has defined Fisk's life for his entirety. And the only connection that's similar to this is in the comic books. This is how Fisk becomes mayor. This is the storyline of Devil's Reign, where in the comics anyway, the children of Kilgrave, which was one of the characters who could uh, bend people's mind, um, the children of Kilgrave were used by Daredevil to take away Wilson Fisk's knowledge of his past violent crimes, making him think that he is a good person and making him run for mayor of New York. So there is a comic book connection to the fact that Maya's gone in there, messed with his past, and effectively maybe cured him and healed him of that past history. Yeah, I'd be interesting to see because I I want to know because that kill, that that brutality is what made Fisk Fisk, and yeah, it's interesting to see that we know he isn't born again. The mm-hmm. Daredevil, so, so is it a different Fisk now? A different, you know what I mean? Is it Fisk born again? He's yeah. no longer actually the bad guy. Matt Murdock is going after him. Kind of going, you're a kingpin. He's like, no, 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 I'm reformed. I'm good, type of thing. Is yeah. it going to be interesting to see? Absolutely. It may not have gone that deep, I guess. Yeah. It could just be more that, you know, this is this has put a wedge in the door for Fisk. And maybe, you know, I think with our 5.5 around Fisk for Mer, I think it's, you know, he's looking at that news story just in a different way. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think what is happening here is that power of healing, but it's not necessarily saying it's instant in this mm-hmm. case, like with Kilgrave, which is almost a blocking. Yeah. You know, this is, this is saying that this is, uh, Maya saying you need to confront what you've done. And that's what she's, she's making him relive it, confront it. And as she says, you know, this can't then define you. Exactly. You have to, um, move on. So I, I think it's, it's not as such that he is a changed man in the same way that in Devil's Reign it happened. Mm-hmm. I think this is saying that a seed has been planted here in the same way that we've seen through the whole of this season for Echo yeah. with the visions sporadically coming to her. There's there's an evolution to it, and mm-hmm. maybe that's what ultimately um, is a way for... Um, Devil, Daredevil born again in terms of that role that Fisk plays yeah. and how that story will unfold but I guess it's we'll have to wait and see yeah yeah. like I absolutely love Vincent D'Onofrio and the role of Wilson Fisk but you know we've seen it for three seasons and now for Echo and for Hawkeye we've seen him he's the bad guy go beat him up uh, go kill him he's the leader um, so um, a change to his character might be quite interesting to explore um, he's a fantastic actor very versatile so having a change in his character for the next time we see him and the impact that has on everybody that just assumes he's the bad guy right um, yeah. we yeah. saw a little bit of that in Daredevil season 3 but he was pretending uh, in that season but the idea that he may have changed and this this um, encounter with Echo has had that massive impact on his life um i think and would I, be really interesting yeah, and it's that classic thing that we've seen in the comics like with lex luther in dc world mm-hmm. you know what happens if he becomes president and norman osborne mm-hmm. as well where they get into positions of democratically elected power and yeah. what that happens and um, yeah. dare i say it we're seeing it with trump so it might be along that analogy that they play it um and who knows he might actually 
been. Uh, um, I, I, I hope Maya would he- would heal whatever pain <laughs> is causing that before he gets into a position of power again. Well, I didn't want um, to take it down that line. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it is it is a really interesting concept to take it this way. And again, it turns comic book origin stories on its head in a way. Yeah. I think. Um, I think this is a really, yeah. really important message in its own way. There's lots of people. Pretty much everybody has something in their past that could have defined them and set them up in a way for the rest of their life. You can say I was born into poverty. That has had an impact on me. And that can make you make choices to go down a path of criminality or to go down a path of making sure that your whole family are taken care of in the future by whatever path you choose to go down. But that can't be the only thing that defines you for your entire life. And a lot of people who have really bad moments in their life choose that to define them and what we're saying here this is what happens in comic books all the time they go well this character was created in 1963 when this moment happened to them and then for the next 70 years they act as exactly the same character over and over again and what's happening here with maya is going it doesn't have to be that way she's calling out and the show is calling out you can overcome trauma you can overcome your past get a bit of health Get a family around you, get people to take care of you, get people to work it through with you, and you may be able to overcome that. Here, it's a magical power that she's severed that link um, for Fisk, or at least started to sever that link to that one defining moment that has led him into this massive life of violence. But I think it's a really interesting exploration of that in a really short moment, really interesting idea. It sparks, at least in me, uh, thoughts for the discussion about the impact of Echo as a show. Yeah, and we we see with her own pain that Maya is further down that healing yeah. journey in the way that then you know she goes to Chula's house to connect back with her her family. Yeah, absolutely. that she's um, not seen in twenty years. Pretty much, yeah. They do set it up to make it look like she is leaving. Like that's, and I was like, very much. I was like, oh, okay. So they're just gonna have her as this kind of wandering, and then they she stops off. And I'm like, oh, okay, so she's staying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the other the other big question that it sparked in me this moment and and the ending of this episode is is there anything else for Maya the character to do in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because what has effectively led to these powers and what we've learned from Chula and everything that we have here is that she is now the protector of the Choctaw Nation. Yeah. She's the protector of her people. So unless they do I don't know Home Alone 2, uh, the Choctaw Nation go on a trip to New York and then she's <laughs> Uh, she's the protector of them from <laughs> Fisk's men who attack them when they're in New York. It, it seems that her powers are ancestral and to do with the people that are around her, the family that are around her, that she will protect the family and then will use the violence because if she's not doing that, then she's on the dark side. Then she's on the side of Fisk. She's fighting and killing people that aren't attacking her family, attacking her Choctaw Nation. But so, I, think it's, um, I think it's more than just that, because I think it's also about what she brings to the powers or the power set that mm-hmm. has echoed through of ferocity, strategy, cunning, and love. So what is Maya bringing to that yeah. that then other people and, you know, the, the future generations will be able to tap into? Because we've seen that... Um, you know, all these people tapping into it along the timeline yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been presented here. So it is about that, but I think it's a collective thing. It, it, you know, this is about pe- other people then being able to draw upon it. Yeah. And yeah. so it doesn't mean to say that she now has to reside in Tamaha, I don't think, hmm. uh, which I think is the important thing. 
And in, in fairness, true. like you say, it does look like she's leaving. And it could be that she's just stopping off. We don't. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know. I, I, I feel clear. like that's a, that's her returning to her family. I feel like that's she's got everything with her because she was going to leave. Remember, before she went to before she went to the power, she had everything with her. Um, but I think that's her reconnecting yeah. with her family. Yeah, here. exactly. That, that's her I not agree. saying I'm leaving tomorrow. That's her saying I'm coming back and staying here because now yeah. I feel part of the community. Yeah, I feel part of the generations. I feel part of this family. I think the important thing is they left it open ended. Yes, exactly. They, they have. They did not. They did not fully set and say. Yeah. That's the end of Echo. Echo will not return in the Agreed. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, because they didn't say. say one way or the other. Because yeah. to be fair, usually when they want to, when they have a definitive plan, let's call it definitive loosely, mm. they they do put the bumper at the end. Echo will return. Hawkeye yeah. will return. Blah 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 will return. Miss Marvel will return. Like that's they will say those words mm-hmm. on a black screen with white text. That's usually what they do. Yeah. They didn't on this, but they no. also left it somewhat like they didn't say like she's no longer has her powers. They haven't like no. done anything like that. So in the new Avengers film, we probably will see Maya there, probably as a background character fighting in the big battle at the end. Maybe. Potentially, that's one thing. Or the next street level build up when they have Iron Fist and Daredevil and blah blah Hawkeye and everyone's back, they could potentially bring her back. Yeah, when they need Maybe. to, they have that character available to them. Yeah. Um, it, I I found it interesting that they didn't directly say because I'm like interesting. So you do don't have a definitive plan with this character. Um. So, like, this seems more now to me like Werewolf by Night and Man Thing, which is they now have these reserved characters from these special presentations from mm-hmm. the premiere, kind of that they can dip into and pull when they really want to, and if it's big enough, it's such a draw they may expand upon it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, and I think this is again just going to be a wait and see. Yeah, it was a massive risk for Disney Plus to do a TVMA show, right? That's the yes. that's the big risk here. Way before yeah. Daredevil's coming out, they haven't done one since the Netflix shows, and those were ported over after most fans had watched them on Netflix, right? So, um, so they can't test the waters unless they do a TVMA show, and you know, all of their movies have been general audience PG movies. So, yeah. bringing in the character of Echo or committing to bringing her into the wider Marvel universe when most of their audience wouldn't have been able to see who the character was before. That's a big commitment for them to do. So uh, I'm glad to hear, it seems, the uh, ratings have been really good. Overall, the the viewership has been really good, at least, if not uh, specifically the usual uh, kind of ratings that Marvel get for everything. It's pretty pretty average in there. It's pretty pretty standard in there from uh, the kind of ratings that Marvel get for anything they put out there. But the viewership has been reasonably high, and there are conversations about bringing the character back in future. But they couldn't have committed to it because they yeah. were testing something brand new here with the violence level uh, for, for Disney Plus. So, um, but speaking of bringing back uh, existing characters, let's move to briefly to our five point five, which we've kind of all already kind of discussed to some degree. But that have, is yeah. Fisk for Mayor, yeah, uh, because you know the likelihood that here sort of drawing off the Devil's Reign mm-hmm. arc and leading into 
Daredevil born again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a, a massive storyline in the comic books at the time. One of those really surprising ones because front covers of uh, of comic books had Fisk for Mayor written on them, you know, showing that uh, Wilson Fisk became Mayor of New York. Uh, quite a big, uh, quite a big comic book arc. Um, so interesting to see it coming in at the end of the episode in the in this post credit scene. Um, and again, you know, it's interesting that it's almost inspired by Echo. So there will be this lasting impact. Uh, from this show into leading into uh, Daredevil Born Again. And it's, again, as I mentioned earlier on, it is similar to the arc in season three of Daredevil where everybody thought that maybe Wilson Fisk had turned over a new leaf and become a good guy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's all connected in that way to uh, to this story going forward. Yeah, and I, I look, I, I'm really interested to see where they go with this because mm-hmm. for me, it's they are building what I can only assume is going to be the Marvel Netflix kind of mini universe in that it's that more mature aspects it's these Mm -hmm. showcases it's these ones that are for your adults and are going to be just more kind of a bit more violent bit more mature themes and it will be his own pocket universe i want to say pocket because just they'll, they'll sprinkle in these characters later into the other movies and shows but not as much what you don't want is the kids the the youngins going Oh, I want to know about Fisk. What's that hammer there for? <laughs> like, they're going to try and separate, they're going to try and do as much of, uh, and this is actually apt for Daredevil, a separation between church and state. <laughs> they're going to try. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, it, gives, it gives them options, I suppose. That's, exactly. the, that's the big point, you know. Um, yeah. Their their shows can't aim at uh, everybody over thirty five uh, to watch them. They have to have a wide audience for uh, for most of the major productions that they do. But it's great that they have these kind of side projects that can aim at a, a smaller audience. Mm. Uh, great stuff. I only have one note from the episode. Just interesting that we saw Bonnie at the end of the episode um, with her hair braided like Tuklo, um as a Choctaw warrior as well. I yeah. thought that was quite interesting that you see her with her changed hairstyle. It's the one big shame, though, for me about the season of Echo, the one big drawback, um, not having Dever Jacobs on screen more. Um, Bonnie's supposed to be a massively important character to Maya, and I felt that she wasn't on screen enough to show the importance. Chula certainly was. You could absolutely see that connecting moment, but you felt, felt like there was only, you know, that one scene in the in the roller rink and then uh, the conversation afterwards with, with Bonnie saying, I'll take care of you, I promise, yeah. and then she feels like she's been out of the season. I just wonder if it was something to do with the filming on the last season of Reservation Dogs that meant that Devery Jacobs couldn't commit to being in the role more. Maybe. Um, but it felt like she was she just wasn't present in the season enough to make it as important at the end. But I do wonder, because she got the power from Maya and she has her braided hair at the end, has she now seen the visions of the ancestors and will the two of them fight side by side in the future? Possibly, at some point, yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe even even if my theory of uh, of Kehori uh, coming into live action is incorrect, uh, yeah. maybe that's uh, a possibility in the future that two of them will fight side by side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only note I've got is possibly the you know uh, the spark between Chula and Scully is back there after the sewing machine um, uh, yeah. scene mm-hmm. in in the pawn shop. I kind of like that little moment. You know, these I think these two characters have been really sort of well used and just that the gravitas that they bring uh, as well as you know the the some elements of the lightheartedness certainly from scully so i i like that there was a you know uh, a, a promise by chula that she would see scully soon well, at least come know? back and visit him occasionally yeah like that i like that um 
Oh, just just one thing on the uh, on the discussion that's going on on the TV. Um, just the reference that's in there that they make where they say uh, what voters really want right now in New York is a bare knuckle boxer. I just thought that was interesting because uh, Matt Murdock's father, of course, being a boxer and Matt Murdock being a, a good fighter as well. So yeah. maybe it's Fisk versus Matt Murdock for uh, for the role of uh, of mayor of New York. Mm. See, not just a not just a a law procedural type show. We're going to have a a, a battle for for office yeah, uh, in New York again. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, any other notes, Chris? Nope, nothing from my side. Excellent. Well, then, in which case, uh, Chris, do you defend episode five of Echo? Yes, I do. Um, as I said, like the, there was that small brief negative if you want to call it that is just basically i wanted more of a fighting i wanted more of a kind of kicky punchy uh, <laughs> aspect as well as the, the the ending that we got i i feel it was apt it was fitting it just wanted a bit more kind of action to it this was one of the shorter episodes mm-hmm. so it just feels like you were tied to a time which we know they don't in the disney plus so an extra couple of minutes of just bonnie kicking ass chula kicking ass uh, it would have been great mm-hmm. to see. That's all. That's a, that's my major negative. Um, and then it's just outside of, uh, Fisk and that teaser we get. We don't know much more about what's going to happen to uh, the character of Echo and these characters that we've been introduced to and this nation and culture, which I want more of. Mm-hmm. So I, we got, say, the Miss Marvel's, um, we got that furthered on in the marvels so i would love something similar i would love to see more of of echo in future projects just to see how it kind of turns out but overall really enjoyed it and it it it, yeah overall yeah great excellent stuff derek do you defend this episode yeah i absolutely defend this episode i thought this is a really interesting and really good end to the show the way it was presented i wasn't i wasn't expecting it um I think exactly as you said, Chris. You know, we'd been the show had been advertised, I suppose, as the uh, the show that takes over from Netflix. Daredevil takes over from the Netflix shows. It is ultra violent. They've got the they've got the fight scenes uh, as good as the Netflix shows. So, I guess you almost lay up the show that it's going to be a showdown at the end of the season between Wilson Fisk's men and uh, and Maya, and she's going to be going fighting all her way through them to get there, but. It did exactly what the show has been telling us it was going to do. Um, she learns from her history. She learns from her ancestors. She learns a way to properly embody them as her power to take out, uh, to take out Fisk and the, the choice that they made here that it would be with love and with healing. That is your way to really defeat, uh, Wilson Fisk rather than what she already did, which was put a bullet in his head. You know, <laughs> she's already tried that. It didn't work. So why would she try it again? That's the, that's the essence of madness, isn't it? So, um, so to make that choice and to build it up the way that they did, um, I think worked really, really well. I think the performances throughout the series have been great. The, um, the insight into the Choctaw Nation has been really fascinating, uh, throughout the series and ending it in this massive, uh, powwow, uh, was, was really, really good. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with what they delivered in this series. I don't see a way forward for uh, Echo as a character, but hey, I'm not a writer at Marvel, so um, let's see how they let's see how they use uh, use Maya Lopez in the future. Um, she absolutely could just turn up uh, in New York uh, in the future, but um, I, I see this as being a way of bringing her back to her roots and giving her a good um, a good ending, a, a positive, happy ending almost uh, as she gets back and reconnects with her family that she's been 
missing for so many years. So, uh, so I liked that as the as the closeout to the story of Echo that we've seen over these two seasons, I suppose, with Hawkeye and with uh, with this show now. So, um, happy to see her again. Though she was fa- fantastic, I'd love to see uh, more of the character in some way in the future. So, but really good. How about yourself, John? Do you defend the finale of Echo, episode five, Maya? Yeah, I do defend this episode. I'd give it four RPG fireworks out of five. <laughs> um, I did think it was short, mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, and, you know, dare I say it rushed. I mean, I think there is the suggestion that there was a sixth episode there. So, so be, I yeah. think, you know, some of these deep moments, I think, could have been sort of just given space to air and breathe mm-hmm. a bit more and um, possibly that would include more with with bonnie um yeah. you know uh, and so on but nonetheless i really enjoyed it i loved um i thought the heartbeat element through here like getting the information around to lower uh, and how that fed into you know, effectively, the echoes are of of Maya's life coming through from her ancestors to Fisk's uh, echoes from his childhood trauma, um, from the beatings at the hands of his father, um, and him, uh, you know, the the abuse uh, towards his mother and him killing his father. So I, I love that kind of parallel that brought through here, mm-hmm. um, and. Everything that you guys have said as well, I think, and, you know, the intriguing element of, of uh, what's coming up with um, Daredevil Born Again and uh, the possibility of Fisk Vermeer. But I have and do um, hold out hope that we have Echo in that show. Um, so I really hope that they do. Uh, I think that would be really intriguing, certainly as we saw Daredevil and Echo meet um, mm-hmm. in in episode one of this season. So I, I liked how this sort of brought everything uh, together um, at the end. And um, yeah, so I'd give this four RPG fireworks out of five. Yeah. Very good. Hey, John, I think it's time to go to the pub. Mmm, <laughs> Well... Kind of, uh, last time for the pub quiz or the bar yes. quiz for Echo John. Not only beer, but also fellow quizzers and, of course, fellow defenders. Yes, welcome to the American bar quiz. It is question five of the Echo series uh, and relates to episode five, if yes. you're newly joining us. Um, question five. Who does Biscuits tell Zane is looking after general parking? Very good. Very Loved good. Loved this. Yeah, good little gag in there. And yes. Nice to end on a gag with our final question for the Echo Pub Quiz. So all you need to do is get together all the answers for all the questions. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with each of the correct answers and you'll be with a chance of getting your hands on some Echo goodies. If you've missed any of the questions throughout the season, you can just pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com and all the questions will be up there too. John, do you want to give them the question one more time? Absolutely. Question five. Who does Biscuits tell Zane is looking after general parking? Excellent. Best of luck. We'll be announcing the winner of the Echo American Bar Quiz on our wrap-up episode <laughs> for Echo. Uh, the Making of Echo is now available on Disney Plus right now. Uh, go watch that. We'll be talking about that on the uh, the final episode as well. Excellent stuff. Good luck, fellow quizzes and defenders. Uh, in the Echo Quiz. Exactly. Hope you had a bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, we see what our fellow defenders have to say about the finale. Yeah. 
Let's do it. Yes, first up, we got an email through from Coffee and Vodka. It says, Greetings, fellow foul-warned forearm defenders. If ever the editor had some place to be, it was during the processing of this episode. Approximately 27 minutes of story sandwiched between opening and closing credits. Despite the general time to service, Echo Story was wrapped up well. The modern day Light Riders worked well together and the bird brought a tender tear to the eye. End of the day, not out of the park home run I'd thought it would be, but a good tale with a few brilliant scenes. Uh, Two and a half inexplicable monster trucks, maternal Voltrons, and Trumpy Kingpins out of five. For the season, four echoes, echoes, echoes out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Very good coffee and vodka. Yeah, thanks so much, coffee and vodka. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's certainly short. Um, and I, I think, you know, it could have been really good just being at that hour mark possibly it just again it would just be building layering up i think what we saw in yeah. this episode but Sounds repetitious. Um, <laughs> you know it, it yeah. could have well it could have been a longer fight scene you know more um sort of uh punches for chris it could have been you know more of the powwow um, yeah. and seeing that ceremony take place more you know could have been 10 minutes of biscuits trying to find the keys for that monster truck well, exactly <laughs> where did i put could the have keys? Been a whole host of things <laughs> no but i mean just it filtering through you know as i say we do know there is a lost episode of um well, that's Echo. how Doctor of Echo. That's how Doctor Who always puts it. <laughs> Except Ooh, the lost episode of such and such. Oh, we found it. It wasn't produced. There was originally commissioned for six, and they made five. So it's not. Uh, it's not that there's a lost episode. Uh, they made. <laughs> they made five episodes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get it. I understand that the complaint that the episode might feel short, but I think it had the story that it had to tell. And the biggest complaint yeah. people used to have when we watched the thirteen episodes of Daredevil, it was always like, "Oh, there's three episodes too many here. Oh, I wish it was eight episodes." And then they make eight, and they go, "Oh, I wish." It was five episodes and then they make five and it's like oh i wish it was seven episodes so you know if it didn't jibe i totally get it if the story of the series didn't jibe um i absolutely get it but if they made the show that they wanted to make within the five episodes and i hope they did i think i think yeah, connected I think quite well did. with it yeah. quite well with me i'm sure there's other things that they could have done within the series and i think the one thing that absolutely is missing is bonnie's character uh, that felt like they may have cut that storyline out of yeah. the series there may have that may have formed a, a majority of the extra episode that they may have gotten if they'd done six um, and I do feel it suffers for not seeing uh, the actress Devery Jacobs or not seeing uh, and not seeing the character of Bonnie um, that, but that's that's just my opinion I guess yeah no absolutely <laughs> and I think it comes through from from the, uh, for the season though as yeah. well you know it's, yeah. it's a really good story um, absolutely thanks so, Coffee Vodka yeah thanks yeah, so thanks much Coffee and Vodka over on Twitter we got feedback from Matt Murdoch who had this to say I really enjoyed Echo hats off to Porter for scoring music making already big emotion feel even bigger mm-hmm. surprising and amazing set of climaxes for the finish and an insightful post credit scene felt very Netflix Marvel as it probably should thanks Matt yeah I, I think we, we kind of talked about the, the music like, even in the last episode mm-hmm. um, how it kind of really just reset the tone in a lot of the the show and it was well cho- it was well chosen for each episode mm-hmm. in particular last episode where he did have down in the river but which we, we saw how that was delivered so yeah no overall agree that the music is really well done yeah absolutely some really good choices from the from the music supervisor some supervisor some grace moments in this episode particularly uh in the finale as we as we talked about earlier on uh thanks so much matt for your feedback yeah thanks matt over on threads 
Yeah, you've got some feedback on threads. It's moving. It's moving. Uh, it's Johnny Million says, we finished this a few days ago. What a delightful series. I'm all for Marvel shining spotlights on more diverse perspectives. Love it. That's why it's called Marvel Spotlight. Exactly. That was the term yeah. I couldn't think of. Earlier. I was saying showcase and everything. It's Spotlight. Yeah. Marvel there Spotlight, yeah. Makes sense. No, I, don't, I, I totally agree with Johnny. It's a, it's a really good show. Really enjoyed having something um, completely different for the MCU. Uh, this is, you know, this is what we've said before. You can't put out the same content every every time you do a movie or a TV show. It should at least target uh, a specific audience with an idea and tell a good story for that audience. So, um, and I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, excellent yeah. stuff. Thanks, Johnny Million. Over on Facebook, Dan Lee says, like most of the Marvel stuff for the last few years, this felt a bit of a mess to me. I miss the days of being excited to see that title card and hear that iconic music. That's a shame that it didn't didn't connect with you, uh, Dan, for for this series. Uh, It's interesting, isn't it, that Marvel are no longer using the same music uh, as their intro. We're not hearing the Marvel um, logo music as they uh, they had for... Uh, for the MCU movies, or it's changing quite yeah, often. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, and in, this is probably one of the first series, I think, if I'm if I'm right, this is one of the first series that's used a, a piece of music from a, a recognizable artist, I suppose. So the AAA is doing the theme tune for this show, rather than it being the composer doing a theme for Echo. Yeah. So uh, this really does stand alone and separate from uh, from a lot of the other shows, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. Uh, but let's see if the uh, if the Marvel music playing before Madame Web uh, next month gets you adjusted, Dan. I suspect <laughs> not. <laughs> I suspect That's it won't. That's so going to be online uh, within, like, uh, about five weeks, less. Yeah. yeah. They're going to release that. Will it, though? Or will it, ju- will it just disappear? At least we're going to actually get to see it, unlike what HBO has been doing with their uh, DC content. Uh, well, so, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Thanks so much, Dan, uh, for the feedback. Also on Facebook, we had Jeff Childs, who says, Wow, I really enjoyed that. Here are my random thoughts about the series. Great fight choreography. The Cox versus Cox fight, really good. And it whet my appetite for more Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Casting Alacqua Cox's cousin to play young Maya was great casting. They look like they could be the same person. Absolutely. It's hard to believe that this is the first role for each of them. They did an outstanding job. Kingpin may be the best villain in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that I got misty during the last episode when Maya encountered her mother, then later stood with her ancestors. Mm-hmm. I loved it. While I loved the series, five episodes felt rushed. Another episode or two would have helped with that. I enjoyed seeing Maya's hero journey from villain to hero. It sort of reminds me of Black Widow going from Soviet agent to Avenger. Now that she has her superhero suit, I hope we see more of her in the MCU. Hmm. Yes, Derek. So do I. I hope she's <laughs> so uh, <do> in. <laughs> Derek is uh, is ready to sort of retire her off to. Tamaha, um, whereas I'm totally with you there, uh, Jeff, that I hope we see her um, sort of in Daredevil Born Again. Let's just face it. Just a little sante back to uh, New York City. Yeah, um, all, all I'm saying is, and all it would take is, you know, <laughs> a Ravager appearing outside Tamaha, at, 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 you know, causing some kind of problems for the Choctaw Nation. And that brings Echo back into the universe. That's all it is. It's just the fact they leave it with her being the protector of the nation. So there are absolutely ways to do it. As I say, Echo 2, Lost in New York, uh, is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, of course, Jeff, for your thoughts, though, as well. I love the catch there on the uh, the fight car- the fight between Cox versus Cox. So it's uh, Charlie Cox versus Alacqua Cox. So I didn't even think about that. Yes, two Coxes head to head. Exactly. Cox fighting, if you will. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
<laughs> Thanks, Jeff. And yeah, no, I do agree. I, I, I see the similarities with the, the Black Widow versus kind of Echo, the similarities that they do have in, mm-hmm. inside of the Soviet versus um, kind of... Yeah, that's a nice redneck touch. T- t- yeah. um, but overall, like, really glad that you enjoyed it as, as much. And I think we're all... I think a lot of people do feel that they could have done with one more, but some people are quite happy with the others. So I suppose it's just a fair mix. But have enjoyed what they've gotten. So yes, I like it's it's it yeah, it's it's just I think it's because people have enjoyed it. It's almost like they want more. Exactly. Um yeah, so exactly. you know, it's the same when the Marvel Netflix uh shows c- came to an end. It was like all of a sudden after time it's like, oh yeah, I want a bit more of that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so um yep, yeah, great stuff. Uh thanks Jeff. We also have some feedback in from Felipe Florencio. Uh, Philippe says, I really enjoyed the series. I found the portrayal of Native Americans respectful, even though I'm not from that community. Maya and her family in Tamaha were highlights for me. However, the series felt rushed, especially because it seems they combined Chula's and Sloa's episodes. It would have been nice if they had had more room to breathe and to be with these characters. Maya's relationship with Bonnie also seemed underdeveloped. In the end, the inclusion of Kingpin, Daredevil, and the series' darker tone, along with the exciting casting and crew news, made me optimistic for Daredevil Born Again. Good stuff, Felipe. Yeah, yeah, I think they are really valid points around Mm. uh, Chula and Taloa's episode, and indeed, as you say, about Bonnie. Uh, I think that was something we'd sort of picked out as well. Just, you know, seem like it didn't develop in the same almost in the same way that henry's um mm-hmm. you know uh, relationship with maya as her uncle yeah you know absolutely. so it, it would have been nice to have seen that develop a yeah. bit better yeah i think yeah, i think because she's so central to the final episode as well with uh, bonnie um being saved by maya that you would have expected to see more of her during the series so uh yeah it seemed, seemed like there was some reason why uh, a major storyline was cut out there you saw from the first episode onwards and didn't seem to get many yeah. scenes uh, throughout the season perhaps that might have been what formed that extra episode if they got in the sixth episode but, Definitely. Uh, but yeah i'm glad to see you enjoy the episode of the series absolutely overall, yeah. yeah and completely with you i love the portrayal of the mm-hmm. the native american uh, community absolutely. nations uh, the culture and so on i think it really just so interesting and great to see that put into different stories like mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, thanks Felipe. Absolutely, thanks Felipe. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, five out of five binned contact lenses for this episode. Just about everything this time worked for me. The full ASL, rather than science-supported American conversation between Taloa and Maya, the crinkly love story, the phalanx of history, the beauty of Echo Suit, the gift of healing from a traumatic childhood monster biscuit, and Grandma going full-on Groot as she battered the baddies. I do hope we see more of Maya and explore her and Bonnie a bit deeper. Tent to watch with the audio mute next time though i suspect it'll be one of those few shows where it could be as good as with sound yeah that's a really good point and, and as i said uh, throughout the podcast we always watch these these shows with uh, with subtitles and there's definitely some nods in the subtitles yeah. for just kind of a little bit more detail behind what's happening because they do a little of, a bit of description of what's going on or just little lines that are said and, and give a little more clarity so definitely uh, so. i i think part of that would be the the importance of the heartbeat in at least mm-hmm. a couple of the episodes exactly. here uh, with Echo that, you know, it just makes it a bit clearer. Yeah. Just added that bit more, you know, with than having the subtitles off, really. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. really good. 
Yeah, great stuff. And speaking of making things clearer, I was actually going to put this into the main podcast. When I was listening back on our edit, I realized we missed a major thing that happened in the episode, and we joked about it uh, earlier on in the podcast. We are recording this a little bit later. Chris isn't here, as you can probably tell. Um, But we had completely missed the fact that Biscuit has transformed Chula's truck into a monster truck. Yeah. That's what he'd done with the stuff that he got from the junkyard. Absolutely. It's just it's only on screen for a split second. It's on screen for a split second, and... It's just, I think to Felipe's point, it's something that there's a bit of a leap of faith here that you're borrowing your, your grandmother's, uh-huh. um, truck. Yeah. You damage it and you don't repair it back to how it was. Well, but yeah. Instead go for a monster truck. Cause it was like this was her work van. Well, yeah. Or work pickup or like. Yeah. Cause she's delivering posts yeah. from a different so, car, wasn't it? Another broken down yeah, car. Yeah. So I was kind of like, like it's not that you would drive a monster truck around, so it so it just feels a little bit difficult to sort of immediately just absorb that without yeah. having seen it sort of explained. You yeah. know, I mean, the whole scene where Biscuit's friend says, "You know, anything the sun touches mm-hmm. is yours." You kind of go, "Grand, that means he can repair the car, exactly. not create a monster truck." Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. His grand, yeah. It's you know? it's an odd one, isn't it? And, and the fact they didn't dwell it's on cool, it. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. don't get it. But the fact that we missed it as well, I was quite surprised that we that we'd missed that that's what he'd done. But it does seem like a weird choice from uh, from Biscuits so that kind of cutting out the storyline and having ju- having him just drive a, a monster truck made us think that he'd just stolen a monster truck. Yeah, but that's uh, it. I don't even yeah. think we'd missed it. Just it had not been signposted particularly well that yeah. Biscuits had created a monster truck out of his grand's pickup truck. Exactly. And like given the powwow yeah. where there's different things going on, yeah. I kind of just assumed part of it was a monster truck demonstration mm-hmm. or where they, you know, crush all the smaller, lesser cars mm. uh, with the monster truck. And yeah. so <laughs> that he had just kind of said, look, I need to borrow this or something. Exactly. Or just hopped into yeah. a monster truck to take one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's only when you look at it, if you pause it for a second, you see the color scheme of uh, Chula's, ca- Chula's truck underneath it. It's still the same, okay. uh, the same dark brown and light brown uh, color scheme. So, so we missed that. And uh, you'll probably have heard that earlier on in the episode and be shouting at your podcast going, what the hell are they talking about stealing monster yeah. truck? <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dr. Dr. Bob. Bob. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, and finally, hard. Harvey Locust says, wow, what a fun and interesting show. I was so glad she threw away the contact lenses, which she should have done right after she'd done talking to Fisk. I mean, if there is enough technology in it to do what it did, it would obviously have a tracking device in it as well. The fact that they made arms and hands to do ASL was silly. Why not just have text? It's not like she can't read. (laughs) At the end of the last episode, I was still hoping for her to be a baddie at the end of the series what they did in the intro of mum's healing power and the way they closed it with all the ancestors standing behind her had me change my mind when she shared her powers with her family members i couldn't help but cheer the look on chula's face was priceless same with zane's face when he caught the eye of henry (laughs) the only thing in my opinion that could have made this better is if they didn't need kingpin for the daredevil series I thought Daredevil was the worst of the Netflix Marvel shows, with the exception of Karen Page, James Wesley scene. Mm-hmm. As far as 
tying it into the Netflix shows, I think they did a good job with the intro music. I don't remember if Turk died, but it would have been fun to see him too. All in all, I give the show 4.95 out of 5 modified monster trucks. Excellent stuff there, uh, Harvey. Thank you for that. Uh, really <laughs> good to get the old out of five from you there. And uh-huh. um, glad you enjoyed uh, this this series as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's a good point about the ASL hands that you could <laughs> yeah. have just done subtitles below uh, someone that's talking, couldn't you? Yeah, which would have made more sense. <laughs> but he was he was creating the technology. It's like that old story about you know we want to we want to be able to write in space. So NASA uh, spent millions. Uh, creating a pen to write in space, and then the Russians, uh, Just I think it was, pencil. used a pencil. And yeah, it. exactly. Uh, the, old, the old story. Um, but, you know, he wanted to show off that he, was, he wasn't going to learn ASL, but he could create technology <laughs> that know. gave him ASL arms. It's, it's like we forget the good stuff that yeah. we have, or the stuff we already have. Just the simple know? stuff, exactly. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, really glad um, that you enjoyed this. Glad mm-hmm. as well that it kind of changed your mind around um, Echo and that she ended off, you know, sort of absorbing the good of her ancestors yep. and using that for her present relatives uh, to fight off uh, Fisk. Yeah, um, the whole uh, look on Zane's face as he... Uh, catches Henry uh, really good. Henry, a very good shot. He was. He was, absolutely. Uh, And with the silencer, which I was... I don't know whether it's just something random that I know, but I always thought silencers kind of make it harder to use a gun. But I don't know. I would say it might be completely wrong. I know very, very small amount about guns. uh, Me too. I must admit. I must admit. Um, But (laughs) we are big fans here, as as you know, Harvey, of uh, of the Daredevil series. I know it's it's probably the the biggest of all the series, probably because it was the first as well. Um, Jessica Jones, huge fans of that as well, and and I'm also quite partial to uh, to Luke Cage as well. So uh, hard for me to pick. one of the series that is the best series. Um, some of them have ups and downs in them. I think the second series of Daredevil uh, is okay, and the third series is really good. Uh, first season of Jessica Jones is probably my favourite of all of them. And I, yeah. as I say, I also love uh, Luke Cage too. But we're excited to see them return. Absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, certainly, um, yes, that scene between Karen Page and James Wesley is absolutely that was awesome. fantastic. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Like James Wesley was one of my favourite characters. Mm-hmm. To have him uh, bumped off there mm. like yeah. I, know, I know he was great wasn't he really really good yeah. excellent stuff thanks to all of you for your feedback and thanks yeah. to everybody for the feedback uh, throughout the season absolutely good stuff thanks everyone back to the uh, closeout uh, with myself Chris <laughs> and John if you want to email us and tell us any further thoughts you have you can always email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or alternatively you can pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries yes you can also support TV Podcast Industries uh, by subscribing over at TV Podcast Industries for all the new stuff coming down the track such mm-hmm. as Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, which begins on February 24th now, there is also uh, our coverage of the epic 10-episode series of Shogun, uh, the adapted TV show from James Clavell's book of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Paul- the new one, not the 80s one. Yes, um, it's the new one. Brand new one, brand new epic show coming out on uh, from FX, which will be on Disney Plus uh, weekly from February 28th. Indeed. And, of course, the dulcet tones of Chris and Derek will be there for the remaining episodes of uh, the season two of Invincible That's right. as well. Yeah, that so, comes in March. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So please subscribe to the podcast and of course share the podcast with people that you know because sharing the podcast is of course sharing, sharing the, the love. love. First off, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back to you, back with you again really soon. Yes, thank you so much, and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Yes, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for echoing with us uh, through this series of Echo. Uh, in the meantime, of course, though, keep watching, keep listening, and of course, keep defending. Maybe. Bye. Bye. Bye.